Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as light workers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's the Matter, we will shine light on a hot and relevant topic that means something to us, and we are sure will mean something to all of you. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Perfect. Was better. Okay. There we go. Now you're okay. okay. Now you're you're live. Oh, 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 gypsy, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, we're gonna get we're gonna get started. Okay, give me two. Being seconds. we're ready when you are. Okay, give me two seconds here. All right, give me the uh, five count. And you can start. Okay. Good evening, Dreamcatchers. How's everyone doing? We haven't done an evening episode in a while. 
Welcome back. Um, my name is Jamie Stozer, for those of you who don't know me. Um, and my sister Marissa and I are going to be interviewing someone we are so thrilled to have here, a former colleague of Marissa's, who I just met for the first time, and we couldn't believe we'd never met before. Um, so we're going to let Lindsay introduce herself in just a minute. We are here tonight doing a What's the Matter episode. We haven't done one of those in a little bit, and super thrilled to have a guest here to talk us through what it means to network and launch something new in this climate, which I think a lot of our listeners will be able to relate to. My sister and I both can relate to it because we did it this year. I think there's a lot of people doing new and different cool things right now and relying on your network and the people that you meet along the way and really maintaining those relationships. I mean, look at what Marissa and Lindsay were able to do just connecting tonight. They've known each other for years, which I'll let them tell you about. Um, but being able to rely on that network when you're trying to do something new is so, so key. And, and building that from the ground, no matter your stage in your career, is a really cool thing to talk about, I think, in a very timely, quote, matter for us tonight. So thank you for being here. Marissa, did you want to add anything to that? Yes, I do. I want to say hello to everybody and also um, those of those of us watching, our friend Lindsay on the West Coast, happy afternoon. Um, we have a sunny California day here um, on the East Coast today. We'll take it when we can. And just some background, Lindsay, out of all of our guests, wins the prize of turning around a yes in, I would say, 18 hours, because this slot was booked for another long-term client and friend of mine, Serena, we'll get you in a couple weeks, I promise, um, who had a conflict with her own work schedule, and it freed up an opportunity for Lindsay, which does not surprise me, because in all the years that I have been putting people to work, uh, I, I can count on one hand, and I mean this with love, the people that spend time referring others just because they want to help people. And I can count, I said, I can count on one hand. I can name them off the top of my head. Individuals that I've worked with that whether they were my client for one second, which Lindsay was, it was one second out of 16 years. She and I have stayed in touch through every loop Hill and Valley of her professional life. Mm -hmm. And she has sent me probably no less than 50 endorsed candidates that she personally spoke highly of for me to try and help them. And for me, that speaks volumes in what I do. And we just had a connection when we met many years ago. And sometimes it's just like that. Mm -hmm. And actually not enough times, to be honest, but sometimes it's just like that. So there's always been a very special, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Lindsay, but there's always been a, a very special connection between she and I, um, whether it was professional or personal. I think we just, we just kind of were like that. And, and probably if times were different and our lives were different, um, we probably would have been actual, actual friends, right? I think and so. not just yeah. colleagues. Um, so anyway, I went out to her the other day because we were emailing as per usual. And I said, do you want to hop on our podcast in 18 hours? And she was like, well, luckily she had like 21 hours because she's on West Coast time. <laughs> and she was like, yes. So here she is. So why don't you introduce 
yourself, Linz, and then we'll go back to the beginning, which is our favorite way to tell a story. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Lindsay Lopez. I am now the founder of Compliance Organized and full-time mom, director, and uh, I would say mediator and stay-at-home, what is it, uh, educator now? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all of the above. But yes, thank you ladies so much for having me today. I'm really excited to be here. So happy How to old have are your you kids too, now? Six and nearly four. So, That's okay, right. I'm in it. Do you have boys or girls? One of each. Okay, so my I have a uh, eight year old. I have b- both boys. Mars has two two girls, and I have a one right in between you. My boy, my little is just turned five in December, awesome. so I am just as much in it as you are. And <laughs> virtual preschool is just not the same thing. Right? Uh, Thank you. You're back in school this week on the East Coast in our town, at least. Um, Knock wood, a knock on everything that that sticks for like a little bit next week, spring break, and then we're virtual again. And then we'll hopefully sail through the end of the year. Let's just right? hope for all. So to our listeners, by the way, if you have children, okay, we are trapped. We are free Britney. Get us out of here. We're all stuck in this life. This box that you see me in, this is as far as I go. So while the rest of you are going to weddings and living your life and putting your mask on, I'm still here in this chair. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. I did here. Okay. Well, I, you know, one of the things that we like to do to start is um, our favorite question, which is if you can remember as far back as you can remember, the first thing you, you remember wanting to be when you grew up, what did you want to be when you grew up? I knew that I always wanted to be in fashion, but then oddly enough, I really was into bugs and I wanted to be an entomologist. Okay. <laughs> and I figured if that failed, that I would design lab coats for different scientists. And so I was like, okay, well, if I'm not going to become an entomologist or a geologist, I'll just like go right back into fashion and like design lab coats. But it was so random because now I hate bugs as an adult and even as like a young adult. That was never my thing. I was very young when I wanted to do that. And it's just so bizarre looking back on it. But fashion was always in the background. And like I'm being, so glad like, that fashion was your safety net there. Right. Um, although <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard the word and I don't know if I would have known that word before. Another you know word. <laughs> And the study of bugs. Study of bugs. Like, and we like to we like to say that typically when we have a conversation with someone, their their earliest memory tends to have some sort of correlation to what they're doing now, even if it's the opposite. And so yours might be a little bit more opposite than most. Right? But the fact that you knew from an early age that you wanted to work in fashion and you were already like designing lab coats for scientists <laughs> at a young age, I think that that's definitely indicative of where you ended up going with your career. By the way, we'll say just shameless plug for a Netflix show I just started today. It is called, I don't know how I've never heard of it. And I'm mad at myself for just finding out about it because it's from 2019. It's called Soundtrack. And it stars Jenna Dewan, who is used to be married to Channing Tatum. And I love them from Step Up. And she's a dancer. And I grew up as a dancer. And she's trying to make it as a dancer. It's a whole, I can't even go into it right now. It's so good. It's It basically is like the soundtrack in your mind. And there's like a lot of performing and dancing and singing in the show. And I love that. But anyway. She said a line today that I wanted to quote tonight. I specifically wrote it down. And by write it down, I mean, put it in my notes in my phone, which was, you know, she was looking for her dream job, which is 
what we always preach and talk about and what is it that you wanted to be and what was your dream job when you were a little girl. And I think um, she said she wanted to be a dancer and she was trying to be. And she was interviewing to then switch to social work because she realized she was better at helping people, which she did during her dance career. And the the guy said to her in the interview, you know, I, I'm sorry, this isn't your dream job. And she goes, it is my dream job. I just dreamt a new one. And I thought that was such an interesting line because it's something that Marissa and I talk about all the time is that you can dream multiple dreams in your journey. And you obviously have already had several. So, okay. So your first memory is to be in fashion. So talk to us a little bit about how you got there, not to where you are now, but kind of a little bit about, you know, where you went to school and and what you majored in and internships and kind of how you started going down the fashion path. Moving away from bugs and moving into how I met you. Not bugs, exactly. So while I was in high school, as soon as I turned 16, I was like, I got to go get a job. Like, let me go figure something out. And I started working for Tommy Hilfiger. That was like my first step into the fashion realm. So that was your first real job. Was that your first real job? My first real job. No, my first real job was for this theater and vaudeville company called The Great American Melodrama in my hometown. And it was great. I was like an usher. I got to be able to do like stage setup and I dabbled in stage makeup and I worked behind the bar and I just, I got to go and like, not necessarily entertain people, but be the first face they see when they're going to come to this place where they're going to be able to sit back, relax and have fun. And the whole thing was like- Where was that? Where did you grow up? So I grew up in a town called Pismo Beach near San Luis Obispo, Arroyo Grande. And it's an area called the Five Cities, but there's really like 10 little cities in this area. And uh, the Great American Melodrama is over in Oceano and it's near the beach. And it's just this really cool like theater and vaudeville house. It's still there today and does really well. Oh my gosh, I love my that. Friends- I loved it too. It was great. And I learned so much of like the values that are like, kind of instilled in me today working there like always be early not on time be early be ready when the lights go on and have a smile because everything else you can kind of improvise and like make happen but show up be present be ready so it was like okay I'm in it and from there and I was younger I was like 14 Uh uh-oh she's frozen here she comes I'm just going to take the opportunity to look up Pismo Beach. <laughs> She's still frozen. Can you hear me? Now can we can hear you, but you're still frozen. But I can Okay, hear I'm you. back. You're back. Okay, sorry. That's okay, um, continue. So yeah, it was my friend's my friend's parents' vaudeville house. And so I kind of got in at a young age, under the, off the books, the whole nine yards. And then once I was of age to work, I started retail. And I was like, okay, like, let me just get into this and like, see where it takes me. And I worked there for the rest of my like high school career. And then I decided to move to San Francisco. And I was like, okay, I want to do this. I want to get out of this little town. I want to go East. So let me start going to San Francisco first, which is four hours North of my hometown and kind of figure things out. And as soon as I got there, I applied everywhere. And I ended up getting hired at Emporio Armani. And it was the beginning of like the tech boom and all of this, like early, what was it? 2000, 99, 2000. And so it was just like 
people were shopping, they were spending money. And I was like, wow, like, this is cool. I can earn money doing this, like Mm -hmm. meeting people, networking, kind of getting my way in. And I was going to school full time. I was at the city college at the time up there and working full time. And when I had time on the side, I was making handbags, selling them at like the local, like artisan and flea markets and different things like that. And then like all these billboards started going up in the city that John Galliano was opening the first Dior store in San Francisco. And we were like, Oh my God, I have to work there. This is my dream job. I was super excited. And and that was and that was a time where San Francisco was, a. I don't mean this in a negative way, but they were not a fashion-driven city for many oh. years. It wasn't oh. really fashion at all until tech happened, right? Exactly. And the people that were shopping with me at Armani were men looking for suits, la, la, la. And so when I went to Dior and got the job there, there was no men's. And everybody that came in was like, well, where's your men's section? Where's your men's? I'm like, this is John Galliano. Like, this is high fashion. This is like chic women's clothing. It's no way like men. Sorry, you know, but... And being there for a couple of years, we had a walkthrough and our VP at the time, Susan Bartholomew came through and said, I love your energy. I want to see you in New York. I think that you would be great there. Like, do you think that you would ever consider moving to New York? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to come to New York. I've always wanted to be there. Like, I'd like to finish school out there. Sure. And she's like, great. I'll put the transfer in for you next week. And I was like, wait, what? Like, Okay. And so I did, I got up, I knew nobody in New York city and I went out there like with my dad to go look for apartments. And it was like a crap shoot as everybody knows, trying to find an apartment in New York city in the dead of winter. It was like February. Right. And I'm just like, Oh my God. But we got in there and I remember it was fashion week and I wasn't really familiar with fashion week, but I don't know if you guys remember, but back at Bryan park, they would like rip off index cards and they'd put like a number on it and you could be in standing. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I figured that was the way to get in. I was there at like every show and was like, okay, like, let me see how I can get in, like start networking with people. And I was working for Dior and all this stuff. And so that's kind of like how I started to like build things and get accustomed to living in New York and like learning, meeting people, all of that. And then I met my husband at Dior. So I had to leave because I was like, okay, I can't work with them. So my boss had left Dior and went to Versace. And I was like, there is no way I'll ever work for Versace. It's too like culty and weird and it's not my style and it's too flashy. And there's no way I could ever sell that. And to this day, I'm pretty sure that was like the most money I ever made in my life was working for Versace. And it mm-hmm. was just it was incredible. So and those were been... those were post Sex and the City years. Yes. Right. And or like like it had happened already. You have yeah. Kim Cattrall wearing the Versace stuff. That was when Jayla wore the dress, right? Yes, that was when Jayla wore the dress, and everybody so let, had to let's have just it. Let's talk fashion for a minute. When Jayla wore the dress, okay, mm-hmm. I don't care who One you of the are. Most are iconic things. Everyone knows happened. what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yep. When Jayla wore that dress is when you worked at. Sashi, which by the way yeah. was always you know flashy and extra but also um you know sex in the city and the j-lo moment um yeah. and then also that was around the same time was that when he was when he was killed no right or it when was he was after, yeah it was a little bit after he was killed like donatella had taken over and right. the boyfriend paul was involved and right, all right, this right. kind of stuff but and once i got it's in like, there I it's real it's real american yes culture it Even is. though they're not American, but like that piece of it yeah. was a, a part of American fashion history. Yeah. By and the way, that's a that really old- good documentary. That's a really good show, by the way. It is. Really it was incredible. Show. We watched that. So incredible. 
Fascinating. Really, but that's not where I met you. No, I no. So then you I went then, How long were you there? I was there for about two years. And the only reason why I lasted only two years was I was secret shocked by this Brazilian man who came in and he was like, I, I really like what you're all about. He ended up calling me. Let's meet at an espresso on Madison Avenue. And I was like, okay, like, who is this guy? And I met up with him. And he's like, I need you. I need you to be the director of my stores. And I'm like, I'm in sales. Like, I can't go from like sales associate to like director of store. Like there's gotta be an in-between. And he's like, no, come to Brazil. You'll meet my team. You'll see everything. Like, who is this guy? And of course, knowing me, I'm like, sure. Like, okay, I'll go to Brazil. And he's like, come down like next week. We'll like have my assistant, like get you all the tickets and everything else. And I was like, am I going with like a serial killer? Like who is this person? I'm like, I've never heard of him, but he says he has a store in the meatpacking. I'm like, what is happening? And come to find out he had a store in the meatpacking and he had these big dreams and aspirations for his over the top store. And it was incredible. And I did like a week later, I went to Brazil just like on a whim, like, okay, like here, mom, here's copies of my passport. Here's everything that you might need in case I never come back. Oh my and, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like, I came back, I got landed as a title of like director of his store. And that's when I really had to put on my, pull up my big girl pants and learn real fast about everyday operations and hiring and firing and buying and market week and everything. And it was all encompassed in one really short year because, because he was so kind of like fly by the seat of his pants kind of guy, it wasn't stable. And so I had come from this very corporate kind of background where like, what brand was that? Where was that? What was that company? Carlos Mieli. Okay. Carlos Mieli down the meatpacking. And I think that's where I met Marissa because it was towards the end of there. And I was like, this just isn't steady for me. I need something a little bit more stable. And, you know, like, how can I kind of like get my foot in with this background that I now have? And now that I am in management and directing all of these people, quote unquote, like, how can I kind of like start to move up the ramp? And from there, I had left and kind of stayed within um, retail management and went to Temperley London, a beautiful, beautiful um, English brand, Alice Temperley, who ended up closing her store in New York, but has a great, beautiful stores in London. And then I kind of got hooked with the Brits. And then I went to Matthew Williamson and he was an amazing Brit. And then for Matthew Williamson, I was like, okay, maybe these like smaller brands aren't really working out for me. Let me try something bigger. And then I decided to go to like the biggest conglomerate, which was Burberry and was like, this is wild. And I ran the Soho store down in, uh, in Soho and I had a pretty big team and that was really great too. And I learned so much and it was really back into like being corporate. And then I had gotten married and was like, gosh, there's just like all these other things. And I feel like I'm giving all of my energy into this store. And it was like, I was working 10 hour days and it just didn't, I didn't have a work-life balance. And my sister had kind of approached me and was like, you and I like can really do this. We're super entrepreneurial. And I think that we should like start our own business. And I was like- Working with your sister is really tough. <laughs> we did it once. We didn't do it again, but Godspeed <laughs> to you guys. You clearly are like in it. We're figuring so this it is out. A- We're still yeah. learning. We're yeah, still you're doing it. damn good. So you got this. <laughs> but with my sister, it was like, okay, like, let's see what we can kind of come up with. And we, within our network, had some guy who is the owner of a very well-known uh, Swiss 
tool company and they made these incredible like little heart tweezers and nobody had seen them in the US and we were like let's get them into the market let's do that let's find products and put them into the market that nobody knows about and like see what we can do and so I was like this is kind of like a fun side hustle cuz I was doing kind of side hustles previous to Burberry but Burberry had taken like all of this energy from me that I was like okay like let me see if I can kind of like reallocate it elsewhere and mm-hmm. so we started doing the tweezers and that's when I started going through like my mental Rolodex of connections and networks and like, who can I kind of like call on to like get these tweezers out there? And there was a stylist friend who was just starting out at Good Morning America with Robin Roberts um, and DeAndre is his name and he's incredible. He's still there. And he was like, well, I, I know Tori from like Steals and Deals and she can like get your product on the TV and like, you know, who knows, like maybe. And I was like, sure, let's try it. And so I was like, okay, like let's start with like a small number, 5,000 units of these tweezers and see what we can do. And he was able to get us on steals and deals. We sold out of all of our inventory and I was like, done. What's next? Cool. Like, let's keep doing this. And it kind of like gave me some more passion and drive to like keep moving forward that maybe one day I can kind of like be my own boss. So we pursued that and kind of continued to dabble in it. And then it kind of like fell by the wayside. You know, my sister was busy doing her thing and she had kids at the time. And then I was like, I had decided to take like a really small, tiny break after Burberry. My husband was like, you know, take a little breather, like decide what you really want to do. Like you're really good at like this entrepreneurial thing, but like, maybe you want to stay in the fashion zone. I don't know, like kind of take a couple months yourself and test it out. And I was like, okay. And, and I did. And then I got a phone call from this guy, James MacArthur, who to this day is still a huge mentor and inspiration for me. But he was working, he was on the board as an investor and as the CEO at the time for Anya Heinmarch. And he had created what Gucci Group is today. So he had brought in Bottega Veneta and Alexander McQueen and Gucci and all those different brands and made it under that one umbrella and turned it kind of into what caring is today now. And um, he was like, I, I went in for the interview, not because I wanted the job, because I said, I'm not going to work for another British company that nobody knows up on Madison Avenue. It's going to be hidden in some like little tiny back office probably. And I don't want to do that, but I wanted to go to the interview to meet this guy and like dig into his background. And he just kept digging into mine. And, and it was- You hear that funny. everybody? By the way, so <laughs> many things- you. I want to pause, pause for one yeah. second. Did everyone hear what she just said? She went on the interview just to meet the man that was the hiring manager. Knowing full well, she wasn't necessarily going to connect with the opportunity, but wanted to see what else she could learn, gain, interact, receive from the meeting, which is something that, unfortunately, most people are not innately gifted or born with the ability to recognize that going means more, not going. Yeah, and you know what? I think less. I think, and I think to to just recap a couple of the things she's just said, and I think this will be a good time for us to cut our Facebook feed because I want people to then listen to this interview to hear and unpack how you then took those relationships and all that experience and launched what you're doing now. Cause I, and I want to just get to that before we cut so that people on Facebook can hear this. So a couple of things you just said, I just want to reiterate one, 
throughout your journeys already that you've shared, you have used one of our mantras, which is say yes, just say yes. So if you're given an opportunity, if you're able and the risk is 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 oh, like something doable, say yes, right? So yours might be extreme, like going to Brazil with a random stranger, but being <laughs> able to say yes to these interviews, to these meetings, these opportunities, to going to New York, to going to Brazil, to just saying yes to opportunity is fascinating to me. And the other thing that you said already that we preach always is network most when you need it the least, right? You're having conversations with people no matter what. You're going on interviews. You never know unless you go. Another mantra we always say, just going on these meetings just to see who you'll meet, unpack their story. Maybe they're, you know, my one of my favorite stories is, or, or, or pieces of advice is you never know if that guy is about to leave and go elsewhere and then can hire you there. So having those, you know, that intuition at a quote young age in your journey is so inspiring to me as a counselor, but I think very inspiring to our audience. And also you're building a network as you go and you don't even realize it, but you are. And I also find what's fascinating about you, which is similar to me, is you craved corporate but you actually are entrepreneurial, which is so an interesting combination. And I am the same in that I went to a big college. I wanted to work in corporate. I worked for huge organizations, but always wanted to start my own thing, was always side hustling, doing something. Um, And it just, it takes some time to get there. And all of a sudden you're like, you get that you have that aha moment. So not to fast forward, but I do want to kind of fast forward to where, if you could just bring us to speed from where you just left off, to the aha moment, which is wait. Kind I of just want before are. before you do that. Can you guys can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, you've okay. had no trouble because uh, everyone's frozen on my end. But I I just want to say I just want to say two us. things. Speaking to my fashion audience, um, our fashion audience. First of all, Lindsay is an example of a true someone that put something in front of her and was able to obtain or chase what she wanted. So mm-hmm. anybody in the industry will still find the fact that she was able just within retail, the fact that she could work for a Versace and also work for a Burberry is a very, very, very telling storyline. Now, granted, when I met her, um, I met her, I believe as a candidate in between the Brazilian expat moment and then before she went to Matthew Williamson, which is a brand I still admire and look at all of his interior design stuff now on Pinterest okay. all the time. But then she was my client when she went to Burberry, which granted she worked the Soho store, which makes a lot of sense. If you're a New Yorker, you would understand that if she was going to run any of the stores with her background, she was much more a Soho or meatpacking hiring a, a store director than but she described herself as a Madison Avenue store director. Not to say that Madison Avenue is not amazing. Of course it is. But her personality and her energy and her networking was much more of a downtown vibe. Anyway, I think that speaks to also the fact that what Jamie was saying, she was entrepreneurial, but also craved corporate, which is interesting when you're able to utilize both pieces of your brain. Getting to that now point where we draw up the fact that the bug scientist in her Okay. Also liked the operations, 
right? She liked the facts. She liked the structure and she craved the structure and leaned on the structure and recognized that these small lean businesses, even with these big corporations, um, her exposure to the big corporations made her see what some of the smaller organizations maybe lacked and or could use. So Jamie and, and Lindsay actually have a lot of of stuff in common because Jamie came from corporate and joined me at Choice and basically gave me a backbone that I did not have because I didn't know to have it, right? Um, anyway, so I am going to correlate for you that bug science, which I can't say the fancy word that started with me, <laughs> translates to grown-up retail compliance, okay? I'm going to let you define that and say how you sidestepped channeled your entrepreneurial spirit, married it to your retail experience, and are doing something now that you would never have ever in a million years thought you'd be interested in way back when. Okay. Yeah, so if you don't mind, before we cut our live feed, just bring us fast forward slightly from where you were just now um, and tell us how you then went from there to your aha moment and tell us just briefly about your current venture, and then we'll have Ming cut our sound so that we can finish the conversation. So just bring us up to that aha moment, if you don't mind. Okay, great. So yeah, so I had met James MacArthur at Anya, and we had an amazing interview. And then he called me back to offer me the position. And I was like, no, I don't want it. But it was so great to meet you. Thank you. He called me again. I don't, I don't know. And then a third time. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try this out. Let's do it. And it was there at Anya Heinmarch. She had left, unfortunately, and a new CEO came in and she was doing a walkthrough and she said, what is all of this on your walls? This is awful. And this is not chic. Find a solution. And I was like, okay, let me see what I can do. And that was my aha moment that we did so much research. We tried finding a solution to hang these compliance posters that were lining our stairwell down into our back office that didn't look pretty, but at every gorgeous and chic store I worked for had all this junk in the back office that had to be there. And so we were researching and doing all this like looking and researching, just trying to find something and nothing was on the market. And I was like, there's no way that there's nothing on the market. And so I had ripped out a three ring binder spine, attached it to a drawer track and then rigged it to the wall and hung our posters on this concoction that I made and was like, okay, like this works. Let's just like see. And then I was like, hold on, maybe we can build this out. And then that's when we started really diving in and doing more research. And then all of a sudden now I'm manufacturing this thing. And it's a poster hanger that nobody realized that they needed because it's the only way to hang, stack and flip and organize your back office in a neat decluttered way to where it's easily accessible for um, all your associates, right? And people don't realize that these can hang one on top of the other as long as they're easily accessible, it's good to go by the government. And so it's like, okay. And then from there, I was like, wait a minute, this is such a broader market. It can be for architects and engineers to hang their blueprints. It can be for teachers and their educational tools. It can be for all financial institutions, hospitals, and all the employee notifications that need to be hung in addition to the compliance that needs to be hung or use it at home for all your kids' artwork that they bring home. But we're like, I don't want that on the refrigerator. I don't need it all over the walls. You know, I want it kind of neat, but now we can hang it in like a proud yet conspicuous manner behind their door in their bedroom where they can now see all of their artwork <laughs> in these plastic sleeves and it can be like all like compartmentalized. So like it kind of goes back to the entomologist thing. We're Wait. like, no way, but then now a manufacturer, okay. 
I Wait, love in, By the way, am I'm I able to Ming, Ming, can you let me share my screen fast before we um, wrap? I want to share my our Facebook feed. I want to see if I can share my screen. There, he let me. Thank you. Um, and I'm going to bring up your website fast so I can show a picture of it because I think that is okay. so genius. And I came from corporate HR. Okay, so just for our audience, so you understand. When I was at corporate HR, I worked at Turner Broadcasting, which is CNN, TBS, TNT, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim. I worked in their New York office and at Time Warner Center and was a part of the HR team. I was the only recruiter on the New York City HR team. And so we had one of my jobs at that job and also at my first job at an, in HR at an agency, a PR agency, we had so many of these posters and they had to be visible by law just so that everyone understands, you know, the minimum wage. Yeah, I was going to say, explain it. The workers' comp poster, the minimum wage poster, the employee rights poster. There are federal requirements to almost anyone out there that has non-exempt, to use a fancy word, hourly employees on site. They have to have these posters visible to their employees. It is a government rule. And if a federal government you know, um, representative came in to your store, to your place of business, and they weren't... Um, out, you would get heavily, heavily fined. So it is a very important thing. They have to be hung. And to put it in layman's terms, I actually shared this with Maris before, who works for us, um, about you, Lindsay, because she was like, as a layman, she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, think of it this way. You know, when you're at a restaurant and there's a poster in every bathroom that says, do not drink while you're pregnant. Okay. That is by law. Like you have to have that up in a restaurant. So that is a, an example of something we see as consumers. But if you've never worked in a restaurant, in a store, in an HR department, you may not have ever seen these. But it is a very real, very visible thing. And they're enormous and they're like laminated and you have to find space for them. So I think that this is a great place for me to show it. And then I'm just going to and then we'll tell Ming to cut it. So let me do this. Let me. What is your website? I'm going to pull it up really fast. Complianceorganized.com. Okay. And then I'm going to share my screen so everyone can see it fast on the Facebook page. Brilliant Shark Tank moment. Ah! Oh yeah, Shark Tank. <laughs> Shout out. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen. Sharks. Can you Sharks, you heard it here first, right? <laughs> Can everyone see it? Yep. Yes, okay. So Hang here. It, stack it, flip it. Hang so it, here it, you can it. see, it's like the these are all the, this might look familiar now to you from wherever you work. These posters, they are cumbersome, they are large, but they are by law required. So and nobody what, cares like, about them. But they nobody have cares. They're like, but you have to have them up. And likely yeah. no one's really looking at them, but they have to be there. So here's what we like to say. Lindsay saw a need and filled a need. This is something that is like the every genius business model or business plan in the world sees a need, fills a need. So here's what she was able to do. She created what, like you said, you were able to take this like three ring binder situation, attach it to what looks like a retractable door thing. Um, so do you want to just describe it fast while it's showing? 
Yeah, so totally. Is- so it's wall mounted, it's metal. It retracts out from about like two feet out to three feet. And it also comes with pre-hole punch, large plastic sleeves that fit the posters, but they also come compartmentalized. So you can fit different size posters and different size pages in them. Swings out at a 90 degree angle. So that way you can flip the posters behind. That way they're easily accessible. And then it goes back close, locked to the wall. So something super so easy. <laughs> it's so but, smart look at this and by the way california um law it should be a separate entity inevitable like literally marissa and i we recruit obviously for positions often we're like knowing california labor laws is like a <laughs> job requirement like next level like so. <laughs> 72 font because that is a in and of itself something if you need you need to know these laws and labor laws and they need to be displayed and especially in California, but every state. So I think that this is so genius. And on that note, I wanted to just share that with everyone and show her website, Compliance Organized. And just quickly before we cut our feed, um, are you, what's your status with this right now? Like, are you trying to get it into everywhere? What is your, you know, tell our audience how they, if they're interested in this, if they have a store, if they work for a company, like what stage of the process are we in right now? So well, we are continuing to take pre-orders at the moment um, because it has been a very long process trying to get this thing manufactured. You'd think it would be really easy, but after reaching out to over 150 manufacturers in the US, not one was willing to take it on or capable to do it. So we've had to go overseas and now we are finally in contract with the supplier who is producing the pilot and in 45 days that pilot is getting launched and they are all pre-sold, but if other people or businesses, companies want to pre-order it, we can also include that into another lot that we'll be getting within the 45 day mark. Um, And then we'll be taking big orders from, to. we're gonna do buyer to buyer first, like Staples, Office Max, uh, big kind of retailers like that first, and then partnering up with compliance poster companies. So all of those compliance poster companies that send you those notifications that look like they're coming from the government, but they're not, they're saying like, your posters are out of date, you gotta get new posters, la la la. Well, I'm going to be partnering with those people so they can sell the poster in conjunction with the device. And then it's an all, all in one kind of full sweep and just sends it over to you. When you get your posters, you got the device. Makes it easy. I love this. And by the way, mind blown. Okay, Ming, you can go ahead and cut our Facebook. Thank you, Facebook Live. This Thank was you. awesome. And if you want to hear the rest of this conversation, which I'm like enthralled with this idea, I think it's genius. Um, check us out on Spotify and Apple. A nail biter. This is a nail biter. (laughs) Every day that we leave with light as the dream catchers is made possible by our parent company, Partners in Crime, Choice Fashion and Media, Division of Choice Associates, where we've been putting people to work since 1974. So if you're looking for work or you're looking for people to work for you, check Mm -hmm. us out. www.choicepersonnelinc.com. So, okay, I have like 25 questions. I'm sitting there thinking of all your networking, all your store managers, all the people. Like, I'm like sweating. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> so exciting. So exciting. It's super exciting. It's super exciting. I have a good so, friend who's in the display business. He does all the displays for like West Coast of Cartier. And he's just like, let's get this in the stores. Like, it's so chic front of house, right? But back of house, like, 
no, it needs to mirror front of house, back of house. Let's clean up these walls. Okay, I'll sign up. Here we go. So, 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 okay, hold. I have a question. I have like a couple of questions. Wait, we're, we're off Facebook, right? We're just on Zoom? No? Yes, I believe okay. so. Um, okay, so, so, all right. So you design, so meanwhile, I've made things before. Like I've, 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 I've made product and I've, I've sourced. And what a difficult year, by the way, to have this project where like, not only you're not, you're basically, luckily you're doing everything on Zoom, which would maybe not have been the thing a year or so ago. Yeah. Right. Like you would have flown overseas a year or so ago. Yeah. Now it's also customary. However, getting things made or orders or placed or shipping has been delayed because of COVID, right? Yes. Um, <clears throat> so, so that's one thing. But two, development, product development, sketching, engineering, the tech design, and giving up the reins of that uh, of the idea. And then also, are you trademarked? Did you have to go through I'm all that fully too? Fully patented. I own a fully patented U.S. Sorry. utility patent, and then. During COVID, it was interesting because at the beginning of COVID, it was Chinese New Year, right? And so I was waiting for Chinese New Year to pass to sign this big thing with this supplier that I was going to move forward with. COVID hit, they're like, hold up, we got something going on here. We can't really do much. Chinese New Year is going to be extended. I'll reach back out to you in March. And then COVID hit here. And I was like, okay, hold on. Like, we're all kind of on pause. And it gave me time to further dig into this supplier coming to find out that they weren't the people that I wanted to work with. So I was like, okay, like, let me get like more things like more notches in my belt. Let me make sure that my patent is like even more up to date. Let me get like how to manufacture it patented. Right. And then let me get like a design patent on it. And then while I'm at it, I started coming up with other ideas. Like I'm like, we need something else. Let me develop something else that's completely unrelated, but kind of still under the same realm. And I did this like clutch thing so like people could hold on to the subway bars and like not have to touch it and like be in their purse and like antimicrobial and like all this kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, let me just sign up for like more things. And like I did more patent pending things and I just kind of became more busy during that like beginning part of COVID to like see where else I could go with this. But it was really all about reaching out to my network and making sure that I had the right things because going quickly back to getting it developed, getting it engineered, I had been working with different engineers that just so how didn't long, get By it. the way, how long has this process been going on? Like how long from the aha moment, from the CEO, four years. You four had years. that idea four years ago. Four this years. woman that took over your business came in and was like, this is messy, clean it up. Yeah. And that was four years ago. This is taken for you to four so talk years. Through, were you working then throughout? Like, when did you start focusing on this full time? This was a side so, hustle at the beginning. Yeah. So I was working full time and then I had my second child. And at the time I was like really trying to do this I was, or trying to do this project. I was working full time. I had now a toddler and a newborn and my husband was like, you know what? Like, this is your opportunity to stay at home, be with the kids, focus on your project, get rid of the nanny and like get out of fashion for a minute and kind of take a deep breath and see if like you ever want to go back into it. You can, but if not, maybe this is Wait, and you had, we had been in touch at that time. I, thought I was under the impression I thought you were like consulting on the compliance side. And like, we talked a little bit and like, honestly, not that I didn't get it, but like I, it, it, this, the it language was not as evident as it is right. to me right now. Yeah, and and I realized you must have already been in this because that was that wasn't that long ago. It was after your yeah. baby, the, the little one was born. Um, yeah, and I, it, I you know, totally but you. Know, oh, now Marissa's frozen. 
Yeah, okay, let me. Let, so you're never you you. The but I was consulting. The, I was am consulting I on the side for the retailers, and then I was like doing like right. styling on the side and those kind of side hustles still within fashion. Mercy, so like you're back. back. You were frozen for a second, but Mercy, you're back. What did okay. you just say? What was the last thing you just said? Yes. I was going to say that the theme of this conversation is you know what's the matter network right? Lindsay is completely launching a brilliant business and concept under or, or standing on top of this beautiful umbrella of collection of people that she has managed to keep together for years. If there is not a testament to whoever you meet would mean something to you. My father has always taught me um, one of our, our bare bone rules in staffing, whoever you, meet, you meet, no matter who they are, either a client a or, a or a client. We, I tried to yeah. say it the same as her. They're either a candidate yeah. or a client. So in your business, right, you're not speaking the same language, but everyone you meet, everyone could potentially be for you a client or can help you, right, in some way build this. So yes. I'm right. saying, I mean, I, I was, I met her when she was a candidate. I was her client for a minute um, at Burberry, I helped her, I think, with a, a store search. I vaguely remember that. And then I helped her again, I think, for a hot second. I tried to help her at Anya, but I don't even remember. I don't really think we ever actually placed anybody. We just always had a very good network, which is, it speaks volumes. I don't mm -hmm. think, okay, I've been putting people to work for 16 years. I don't think I actually ever helped Lindsay fill a job, but Lindsay and I have had an ongoing relationship, which is tremendous to support the theme of this conversation, which means it doesn't, it, it just because someone doesn't satisfy, A, doesn't mean they could not be a, a, a great solution and or relationship for B, C, D, E, F, G, right? So at no point when I tried to help her with her resume, or something when she was like first looking for a job, did I ever think that down the line we would stay in touch like this and that she would have this great idea and that I was going to be the shark that launched her and, um, you know, we're here and, you know, un unbeknownst to us. But like the truth is, is who you make impact on and who you collect in your life matters. Mm -hmm. Networking matters. It doesn't matter if it doesn't, doesn't matter is if it doesn't turn into what you think in the moment, right? And if anything, speaking to a younger generation um, now and just taking some of our old, old hustle that Lindsay and myself, and of course now Jamie too, because she's, she's caught up to me. Um, you know, when you are growing up now, you have social media, Right where you have all these connections just kind of like in your Facebook or in your Instagram or just people that you know, right? Where when Lindsay and I were growing up professionally, the people you knew were in your brain, yes. okay? We had to backtrack and find them on social. So when she got the opportunity in the last 18 hours to be on this podcast, this woman right here went on LinkedIn and tagged like 35 people. I was blowing up all day today it was celebrity status today because she tagged so many people that she wanted to share this conversation with, which I mean, is exactly the point. 
just dial your volume up. So just to piggyback on that then, and to move into our next question is, you know, which we've covered a bit already, like what you're doing to network. So I'd love to hear from you some advice on to our audience, to people that doing similar things to you. Obviously, a lot of people out there right now are pivoting or launching something or trying to, (coughs) excuse me, or whoa I swallowed my own passion I was like (laughs) um you know people are trying to do something amazing right now so I'd love to hear from you like advice for how to do it like what have you done are you just like picking up the phone calling everyone you've ever known um to to say you need this product in your store tell us a little bit of advice if you don't mind of you know, how to then go back out to all those people, right? It's, that is challenging. Obviously, it doesn't necessarily look like it comes, you know, too hard for you. Obviously, you have a personality like Marissa and I do, and an innate salesperson personality. But if you could just share some insight or some tips or advice, and then if you have a big idea, or if you have a cool, like, launch that you want to do, how do you go about reaching back out to all these people? Like, what have you done? Well, it also goes right back to never burning a bridge because yep. like you say, you never know who you're going to need. I mean, case in point, when I couldn't find any engineers after going through three different engineers who were charging me an arm and a leg and not able to do the work, I I got a LinkedIn like notification from somebody that I had interviewed twice and never hired. She just wasn't right for the role or she was too overqualified or whatever it was. I didn't hire her, but I always stayed in touch with her. And then when I saw this ping, I'm like, wait, where is she working? Like maybe that could help me out. And by reaching back out to her, she put me in touch with somebody who's now working with me as a strategic advisor. And he introduced me to the engineer that I'm working with now that has gotten me to the point that I'm at today. So if it wasn't for that connection of not necessarily hiring her, but like keeping in touch with her and now having her on LinkedIn that I'm now where I'm at today because I had that connection. And so that is huge. And so it's like ensuring that you never burn any bridges, that you stay connected with people, that you instantly loop them into your social media once you meet with them, even if they're at the park because your kid's there and you're talking to them and you're like, oh wait, like you do manufacturing with like dental tools. Cool. How can I get to know like how I can learn more about dental Dental tools and manufacturing metal. And I would be like, tell me more about the dental tools. I'm telling yes. you, like, by the way, unfortunately, there might only be there might only be three humans caught on this cloth in life. And we might be on this too. We might be them. Actually, the only people, the only people that actually function like we do are right here. And maybe, maybe we're scary. I don't know. But because like, by the way, I, 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 I could be doing a dance. I'm sharing. Um, now I'm I'm researching the dental tool. I'm I'm right. like tagging the dental tool. Exactly. And Marissa is like researching the salesperson for the dental tool. I mean, we are like, oh, I am with I'm you. Like, wait, I know the right. person that has the company with the plastic. Next thing you know, right? right? You know, and and that's why Jamie and I are so so successful because <laughs> behind the scenes, connecting all these dots. But that is what we we are trying to do with the web. That is why we launched what we launched this year, which is an extension of our, that's A, why we launched our podcast, because we do have all these people kind of just floating in what we called our orbit for many years. And now we call our web, which is essentially the web of Marissa and Jamie. It is the inter, 
like twined humans that are just, you should know this person and you should know that person. And you know what, Lindsay at the park, you should meet my friend, you know, Marissa, who is blah, blah, blah. And that is literally what we have built a business on this year. And as we continue to meet more and more people and talk to more and more people like you who are like-minded to us, the web is continuing to grow because even though we've known you this whole time, we're like, but wait, Lindsay, we know someone in our web who might be able to help you with X, Y, and Z. And like, Marissa and I are texting each other because we're working on a role right now that Lindsay might be able to help us find someone for. So like, this yeah, is- Yeah, I was like, I need to ask you before we get like, off, we get because off I don't know you'll have the answer for me. And us on a job yeah. we're working on right now in California. But that literally, literally before, before in between us being frozen, we both texted each other, don't forget to ask her. Yeah. So, you know, and it's, it's, it's literally, it was like at the same time, she wrote it, I wrote it. Might as well have just had the ESP right through the screen. Yeah. I, I, so besides I burning think, a bridge, I think besides not, wait, Maris, besides not burning a bridge, Lindsay, what other wisdom can you share with our audience about networking and the, the skill it takes or what you've done and how you reach back out to those folks? Is it mostly through LinkedIn? Yeah, how, how do you remember? You- how do you remember everybody? It's not that I remember everybody, but there's a few people that stand out and then their web stands out. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, I remember so-and-so and they know all those people. So let me see how I can track to them. And it's networking, networking, networking. I mean, even I was going to pitch events, I wasn't prepared to pitch my product. It was far from being ready. And I would go anyway and see who I can meet and who could possibly be interested. And like, there's some guy that was like, I own all the subway, not all of them, but he owned like 40 subway franchises in the city and was like, we have to have the meal prep of like how to make the latest sandwich every month on the walls. I need your product. And I'm like, great. I need your business card. And I need to know all your store managers of all your subways because that way I can like reach back out to them if like for some reason like you get off the hook somehow, you know? And so it's like constantly like going to these different events or going on like 1 million cups and seeing what type of like meetup that they're having or, you know, so it's meeting new networks and meeting new connections and then utilizing the old connections that I have and saying like, hey, do you know anybody that like would be interested in this or who could help me out with this? Or like, how can I find an engineer? Like, there's gotta be somebody here, you know? And it was just like really going through like my mental Rolodex of like who I know and how I know them and what do they do? And like, I have such a big retail fashion kind of network that I was like, well, how are they gonna help me out with merchant with a manufacturing and everything else. But at the same time, they have the connections where they just need the product. So it's like, okay, I'll put you in touch with my HR people. So then I'm like, Ooh, I got to like weasel my way into like HR communities and like mm-hmm. who are the buyers of this and how can I get into the HR community? So it's just always, well, we can like, help you with that. Yeah, Thank we can. <laughs> yeah. We can help you with that by the way. Awesome. Yeah, for Thank sure. You. I appreciate that. Because I mean, by the way, you're, the buyer, way, you're, you're doing all your client. Are you I doing this say. all by yourself? On my own. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I have a little bit of help from my strategic advisor, more so like end of last year, I was having help from them. And then now I feel like now that we're about to like get ready and like launch, hopefully I'll have a little bit more help, but I would say that it's all me. And I'm just like, I have 
my dad, who I consider like one of my mentors and early investors, and I can bounce ideas off with him, but it's kind of hard sometimes when I don't have like an actual business partner that I can bounce ideas off of. I'm really lucky right now that my supplier person in China um, is a connection through an old roommate that I had in San Francisco. And I recently met her through during COVID randomly. And now she's a super trustworthy source and I'm able to bounce ideas off with her. And she'll be like, Lindsay, did you ask for a sample from them? And I was like, no, I mean, I just got them like the thing. It's just going to be a smaller hole in the plastic sleeve. It's not a big deal. And she was like, really? It's not a big deal. It's going to be a big deal when you have a hundred sleeve units that you're not going to be able to do anything with because you didn't ask for a sample. And I was like, okay. So it's like, you're right. Conversations yeah. like that, yeah. but I need, yeah. and I'm like, oh crap, I need a business partner. But at the same time, I've been chugging along on my own and I just have to continue to like keep digging deep. And that's like, something that I'll, oh my I'll God, put out there, there are, like continue there are to dig, continue to in, look in our web that, that you guys need to speak like ASAP. Like I'd love it. One is a woman, Laura, who is one of our champions. Um, she is very well connected in manufacturing. I bet you she would have um, some really, really good, I mean, granted her background is not necessarily like this piece, you know, and then also I'm sure there's part of you that once you get this off the ground, you would want to be able to find a U.S. distributor um, yeah. I mean, or manufacturer. I mean, it's like once you get it going, the problem is, of course, the cost in the U.S. is always more, um, which will be hard to go back from. But maybe by then you can figure out how to, I mean, whatever, I'm dreaming big for you. Like I'm thinking ahead of how you would partner and or you know, different organizations like um, we have a girl, I, I have a girl that I've gotten a job years ago um, and she was in like a, she was an account executive and then she somehow went from, she was a Michael Stars. I got her the job as a Michael Stars account executive. Okay. Just love it where we're at timeline wise. Um, and now I think she works um, as a director of sales for, you know, Poppin, the, yeah. the, yeah. So that to me, and it's funny. And they're in Staples. Well, yeah. we have, obviously we have a million people in our web that could be a good connection to you. And that's, I mean, that in and of itself is, is testament to why you're here today. Um, so, fun. It, so, so fun. So fun. So excited. What I I to like, ask, wait a minute. I, just, I have like two or three more questions, but one of which that I really want to get to is, you know, as somebody with that so high energy and so connected and so, you know, engaged and entrepreneurial and all the things that we are and sparkly, you know, there, there must be something that you tap into to, that keeps the inspiration going, right? So you see this, it's right there. It's been four years though. So like, talk us through what inspires you. Do you have a mantra that you say to yourself every day? Like, how do you stay focused and inspired to like, keep going and, and, how have you done so for the last four years? What has kept you going and inspired? I would say the unknown. For some reason, I like change. I like newness. I like the unknown. And I'm like, what is it going to bring me? And a big part of it is community. And I love connecting and networking with people and all of that. And Oddly enough, there's really no community in this whole manufacturing thing and bringing a product, you know, to market, but I want to build a community within my brand. And I would like, there's so many people that I know who are so talented that I would love to come and work with from with me and say like, okay, how can we build this community 
within our brand. And that inspires me to know that there are people out there that I would want to hire to work with me and to kind of create this community within the brand. That's kind of like a purpose for me that I want to work towards of like, you know, lifting people up, being a great leader, having this camaraderie and go getting back into a workplace with people that I like to work with. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to build that. So that inspires me and my kids inspire me. You know, it's like, they're wild and crazy. I mean, if you think I have a lot of energy, imagine like, a three and five-year-old in this bot or four and six-year-old, whatever, and with this energy, it's like insane, but it's fun. And I want to do something that's fun. And, and a metal device that's getting manufactured is not fun, but how can I bring fun into that and some life into that? And it's just like by putting it in kids' homes and people's homes so their kids can hang the art projects and, you know, something different. And I just feel that like, my true inspiration is knowing that there's something else on the other side and getting there. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm going to get there yet, but I'm slowly moving along. And I guess my mantra is kind of like, I got this, like, it's going to happen. I got this. And I'm constantly like, it was funny. I saw my, the other day we were at a pool and my daughter was there and I just overheard her like stand my, my sister-in-law, so to speak, overheard her saying like, I got this, I can jump in this pool. Like I got this. And I was just like, yeah, girl. Like, so I guess it is my mantra. Cause I'm often saying that because there's a lot of times where I've been stopped at obstacles and there's been lots of challenges in my way, but it's like, move aside, move aside. I got this. Like, let me just like figure it out, you know? And I think that's kind of like where I'm at. Like, I just want to keep moving forward to see like what I can do and like, see like how I can get this to actually launch and get it into people's homes. And I like envision it in people's offices walls. And with that, I feel like there's going to be a community behind me kind of just like, let's do this together because we got this, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of like a, a big thing for me of like my community and my friends and my network and like how I can kind of like leverage them and just kind of like, utilize this talent that surrounds me to kind of like work with me and make this happen. And I feel like that's really important to me. And I feel like that's the only way I'm going to be able to do you to think your collection of people or your ability to collect people is your superpower? I would say so. It's definitely one of my superpowers is connecting and, and meeting new people because I love it. And because I'm like, Ooh, you would be great for this. Let me put you in touch with so-and-so. And I mm -hmm. love doing that. I six degrees I of six degrees of Lindsay Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Us. That's us too. Everywhere it we go. You guys. Like, you guys know Marissa and Jamie. Oh, you don't know Marissa and Jamie. They're sisters. They're this. You guys need to meet, blah, blah, blah. And it's constant. And that's usually one of our favorite questions, also, besides our first question of what do you want to be when you grow up? It's what is your superpower? And also that has changed into you know, who are you and your group of friends, right? If you're you're the one, we give this advice always to like our candidates. It's like, who are you? Like, are you the one that makes the reservation? Are you the one that, you know, sends the group text? Are you the one that buys the gift? Are you the one that everyone's Venmoing? Like, are you the one that just pays the bill? Like, who are you? And that typically tends, tends to dictate what you might be good at, right, in life. And if your superpower is connections and, and bringing people together and kind of being this magnet this center this anchor to people that is a true gift and that is something that you as you've gotten older i'm sure have realized is something that you are not only really good at but tapping into. Tap into as far as a leader like you are a natural born leader you've spent many many years working as a leader so how do you lead as we say lead with light right you're figuring out ways to 
lead with that light and bring your collection of people towards that light and creating this, you know, yes, quote, dry, you know, not fun invention, but figuring out how you're going to improve the lives of so many of your peers and your former self in retail. Um, And that's a true gift. That's a true superpower. And we like to remind people on our podcast that everyone has a superpower, but I think it sounds like you're in tune with yours, which I love to hear because often we'll sit at this question and be like, people will be like, I don't know. And I'm like, everyone has one, everyone. Right, Um, I agree. They do. I totally agree. Um, Okay, so is there anything that we should have asked and didn't anything you didn't get a chance to say about your product about your timeline about your story that you just wanted to insert at this point we always like to ask that at the end just to like make sure that we got everything in like anything you didn't get to say that you wanted to make sure we talked about i think that's it i just i'm excited to be here i'm excited to be talking about my product for the first time pretty much ever i haven't really put it out there because it's been such a long process and it's been you know i i I joke that it was like chinese new year take four because at the beginning of every chinese new year was like talking to suppliers and something else and then something fell through you know so i was like i'm not holding my breath this time but now that it's like signed and ready and the pilot is on the way it's like okay this is happening and now i gotta turn my perspective leads into real prospects that are going to say like, yes, I've, I've gone out there and I've talked to the staples and the office depots of the world. And they're like, this is a great product. I love it. It's going to be very disruptive. Like, this is so interesting. Like, this is going to be great, but I need to see a product. And now I can finally put the product in their hands and mm-hmm. get the product out there that have already been paid for and let people sample it out and see what they think. And again, it's not anything that people care about, right? Like nobody gives a crap about their OSHA posters, but it's I will, I will have. happily take but a sample for the artwork. I would love a sample for the artwork. And you have now met yes. the really good girls for you because we will help in any way that we can shout you. That's one of the things. And this is our, you know, our, our last question, as we like to say, to shake the sillies out, you know, as we all have toddlers at home or, or little ones <laughs> is always like this fun question that lately, especially during COVID has become only, we have three that we typically ask, but one that's become the one that we ask the most. So we are big, loud, me more loud, megaphones for things that we love and crush on and what we call our brand crush, right? So what you are doing and why we highlighted you today is what you are doing is a brand crush of mine now, where I think what you're doing is genius. It is filling a need that is a need that you saw as you know a retail professional. And that is usually the most Knockwood successful kind of business is something that is filling a need, right? So as a new business and as a new brand, you must at this point have done tons of research on things that you crush on, that you're like, they're killing it. And I'm obsessed with how they're doing this and I'm going to emulate that. So we always like to ask as a final question, you know, who is your brand crush? Like, what are you looking at? And you're like, oh my God, I need to be them. Like they are killing it right now, especially in COVID. I think there's so many out there that are just doing amazing things or might be pivoting. I will start because it gives you a minute to think. My newest brand crush is Bombas Socks, which I just received. They, By the way, they have amazing customer service because my first set of, I, my kids and my husband have had them for a while now. I finally bit the bullet because I got my first pair of Golden Goose for my birthday and I cannot figure out a pair of socks that works with them. And all of my girlfriends were like, you've got to get Bombas to work with them. And I was like, all right, fine. I'm fine. I'm finally biting it and I'm getting the bombas. 
And of course I order them and they get lost in the mail. They're still not here, by the way. Don't know where they are. This is free. So I email Bombas. They already sent me like a new one. The new package already came. I'm just obsessed with them. They give back to the community. They give, you know, every time you buy a pair, they give a pair. Um, So I'm crushing hard on Bombas. I think they're doing amazing work. I'm wearing my my hot pink ones right now. I'm currently wearing them as well. There they are. Yes. Um, we're not live anymore, so I can just do that. Um, do you have anything that you, by the way, to my audience, I just showed my foot. So Lindsay, <laughs> do you have a brand crush currently? I do, I do. So there, I would say there's two. One, uh, oh no. Started in Fort Greene. She is Wait, incredible. you just you just froze for a second. You froze for a second. Start over, start over. Bummer. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can. Yes. On? Okay. So Jill Lindsay uh, is a brand in Brooklyn. She started in Fort Greene and she started with some local designers and some local people that could offer different services. And she really exploded and she's been doing phenomenal. During COVID, she opened a store in Rockefeller Center and I was, I'm so proud of her. It's so exciting, but she does. What is, what is it again? She, Tell us again. Jill Lindsay. So same first name as me, but it's her last name and it's her namesake as her company. But she is a true community builder and she's brought on different people to do Reiki and different people to do massage and then different people to like come in and like show you how to pour candle wax or make flower head wreaths. And she'll have children sing along in her store while selling you like candles and gorgeous jewelry with like sunglasses made from some local person in Brooklyn. She just really knows how to build a community within her store and then lifestyle she was store, cafe and wellness center curated yes. events involving makers health community and foodies marissa this is right up our alley this yes. is awesome she How is cool. incredible and she used to work with me at Temperley London. And it was just, it was so cool to be how, how I met her and then how we stayed in contact. And I remember her first week that she had like opened, I had gone in to like see the store and she was busy and it was just her. And I'm like, girlfriend, I want to help you. I put my bag down. I'm like trying to sell to people and just like, it was so fun. And then just to see her now take off. I know, right? I'm like, I got this. Let me put her in the fitting room. Like, la, la, la. you know, just because it's like, what a great concept. And she's like, I'm going to offer bridal, but not just bridal dresses. Let me offer you the contact to the photographers, the flower people, the event, the venue places, like everything. And she just kind of thought of it all. And then does like a yoga class downstairs while you're shopping for your bridesmaid dress upstairs. And it was just really, really cool. She did it. And then she opened the store in Rockefeller center and she's killing it. And she is pure magic. You will never not see her smile. She's got the most beautiful smile and she fills up a room and everybody wants to be part of her community. Just like you guys So like, everybody wants to be attached to you. Sounds somebody. like we need Jill Lindsay on the podcast. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, I'm, I'm you ready. Do. You do. She, I'll, I'll make a connection. No, we're coming for you, Jill. We're yes. coming for you. That's right up our alley. That's, it that is. was one of our many iterations of our business plan over the years. Um, I love, love, incredible. love that. And then I would say my other kind of brand crush that I love just because I love the product is Happy Bird Beads. She, which I might be a little biased, she is my sister, but she is so crafty and creative with the different earrings that she's making and head like hat bands. It is incredible. You can find her handle on Instagram, Happy Bird Beads, and everything is done by hand. And people have tried to compare her to like ink and alloy. I'm like, nah, that's made in India. There's no design aspect to that. And she is like hand sewing and like bead 
creating every single one of these earrings by hand and her, the inspirations that she pulls oh, up from. Marissa, this exactly. Is right at the rally. Look up the dream catchers, ladies, because she's got some dream catchers on there and they are incredible. Oh, so, I guess we're going to need, we're going to need a dream catcher. Wait, Lindsay, is this, yes. is this the sister you broke up with? This is my oh, sister I broke I'm, up with, with the I'm so glad you said her, her thing. You okay. set her free because and now you're both doing, doing something amazing. Incredible journey with Happy Bird. I love that. Well, yes. this has been this has been such a pleasure. Um, I'm now obviously on Happy Bird. I'm following her from the Dreamcatcher. When was now. the last time you spoke? You had this much fun talking about compliance. Uh, never. So much fun. Never. Like, this is so great. I love you, ladies. This is so fun. I, this was so much fun. Thank you for being here. This is, I can already feel the beginning of a magical, magical reconnection celebration of network right here and you heard it here first because we have so many ideas for Lindsay and her and probably for her sister and can't wait to have jill Lindsay on the podcast and all the things um jill happy well thank you to (laughs) thank you to Lindsay. thank you to ming who does our sound in a shared universe thank you to our sponsors thank you to my beautiful sister who i always like to call beautiful at some point lately every single because time we're on the podcast both are beautiful thank you this is this is as good as it gets right now so um anyway thank you lindsay thank you for being here um feel no, free to stay you. on after we cut we can chat about other things but ming thank you for for doing our sound and um thanks everyone for listening Jamie, you know how much I love to give somebody a gift that I'm passionate about, right? I just, oh my gosh, of course. I find something, we're tagging, we're sharing, we're, we're DMing each other. We have the megaphone. Time. We have the megaphones. Yes. The minute I love something, it's like I want to give it to every single person I love because that's the way you and I work. That's the way I felt when I was gifted a Taja candle with a customized little saying that meant something specifically for me. And it smelled good and it lasts forever. And it's just gorgeous. For the dream catchers, everything for us, both Marissa, myself and Jamie is about leading with light. So it makes perfect sense that our favorite gift to give is just that, a a beautiful gift of light from our friends, Annabelle and Taja Collection in Miami. It's female founded. They're handmade in Miami in small batches. Everything on the candle is fully customizable. So you can customize the front, the lid, the underneath of the lid, the scent, and then the actual candles are reusable as vases. And I also find when you don't know what to get somebody, a candle is just always the best gift. And for me, the littlest things make me super, super happy. And if it's a gorgeous candle, I feel like I'm spoiled. I totally agree with you. And they're 100% soy wax and free of all junk. So you're not like inhaling grossness when you're burning them in your home. If you want to try Taja Collection for yourself, check them out. www.tajacollection.com. That's T-A-J-A. Use code DREAMCATCHERS10 for 10% off.